This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Scratch and Wind here, Executive Director for F3 Foundation, reminding all the PACs that the Accelerate campaign is going on now through November 30. The Accelerate campaign represents an opportunity for the PACs to give back to something that's given us so much. And when you give to Accelerate, you're helping to expand F3 Nation and we're making grants all across the country to projects that are led by the PACs and are achieving local charitable impact. So if F3's meant something to you, if it's changed your life like it's changed mine, I invite you to give today. To make your investment, you can visit f3foundation.org or just text the word ACCELERATE to the number 44321 and help us give this gift away to the next man. Remember, there's a good chance your company will match your donation and we've made that process really easy. The F3 region that has the most donors will receive this year's custom Accelerate shovel flag. Thank you for giving and helping to accelerate F3 Nation's mission and impact through generosity. Now, enjoy your podcast and we'll see you in the gloom. You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that usually means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. Make way for Dark Helmet. All rise in the presence of Dark Helmet. Every week, I'll be talking with leaders in and out of F3, including regular appearances from my shared leadership team. If I'm going to do this... I'll need my news team at my side. News team! Assemble! We're here for candid conversations, to answer questions from around F3 Nation, to pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. And we're back. Let's roll this monkey. Let's go. Hey there, we're we're back, and and it's the three boot, 
and it's the 43 Feet Podcast. My name is Frank Schwartz, a.k.a. I'm also a.k.a. as Dark Helmet uh, out there in the gloom. And as is the case, nearly every week, if not every week, but nearly every week for certain, I am joined by some of the most esteemed human beings, some of the finest men that I have ever no, he's shaking his head. No, you don't think so? Well, Bono has dismissed himself from the esteemed human beings club. <laughs> These are mot- this is a motley crew of characters. How about that? There's a <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> that is very true. That voice you heard was our head of leadership development. His name is Seth Brown. He's 47 years old. He goes by Bono in the ENC and places beyond. In the gloom, right? In the gloom. That's right. Welcome, yeah. my friend. It's it's fun to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes. We have a good topic today too, and uh, yeah. and I'm I'm very much interested in your insight on this. But you know who else uh, has great insight that I'm interested in is the head of expansion for F3 Nation, Doctor Mike Sluhan, 46. His name is Beans in the gloom. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Doc. How is the weather in St. Louis? You know, actually, it was really nice this morning. It was like 60 something degrees this morning which at this time of year will take all day long for sure. Um, but we're gearing up for that uh, colder weather because it's just right around the corner for sure. No doubt. Go ahead, Bono. I saw you. Yeah, say we, yeah we had a conversation earlier via text that 62 degrees means that Bada Bing in Florida is going to wear a toboggan uh, complete with an F3 patch on it. So it, at least it's uh, shirtless, I think, is what GMO said. 60 degrees and shirtless in St. Louis. Yeah. Toboggan. I mean, that's like that's a balmy, uh, balmy day. Uh, in St. Louis, but but no, in uh, in 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 the Jack's Beach area of Florida, they're they're all they're going to cry uh, and die out there. Beans, welcome, glad you are here. Uh, speaking of St. Louis, and speaking of uh, fine men, uh, also joining us is the head of sectors out of St. Louis. His name is Steve Schaefer. He is five seven, and he goes by Gmo. Well, GMO. GMO. You know, if, was it genetically modified old man? Is that what you said? Yes, that's what I changed <laughs> it into. <laughs> I've been genetically modified into a better human thanks to F3. Just getting back from Germany. Uh, lots yeah. of beer and schnitzel last week. I've been absent from the 43. It's good to be back. I know. Did you eat uh, more than you should have? No, I did not. I oh, good don't for you. So much care for the German food. <laughs> really? It's funny you say that. So in uh, now, and I don't know how authentic it is, right? But when I was a kid, we used to, get, used to go to Bush Gardens. Yeah. If you're familiar with Bush Gardens in Virginia, the way that it's set up, it's an amusement park. And the way that it's set up is like different countries have different rides. And my dad was always very into the German food. He liked to go to the Germany uh, for lunch and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is just gross. I, just, yeah. I hated it. The beer was good. The beer was good. Well, then there you go. And the chocolate, probably. The chocolate's probably good. German chocolate. Pretzels are good. Well, there you go. It's something. (laughs) Last, but certainly, certainly not least, uh, is the Weasel Shaker for F3 Nation. His name is Eric Nowak. He is 42 years old, and we know him lovingly as Gobbler. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm well. I'm well. How is the South Sound there in uh, the PNW? Well, we literally went from desert conditions to monsoon in about six hours. So it's about normal. Uh, it is now raining every day for the next foreseeable future. So here we go. And that's pretty typical uh, wintry weather, right? Just kind of just rain all day, every day sort of thing? Or Yeah, we, we had two days. We had summer and then we had smoke season. Uh, and so air quality is really bad. And then now it started raining. It cleared it out. 
Um, and so all the lakes are low. Now they're going to start to fill up. So, yeah. And, you know, as far as 60 degrees, that's, that's shorts weather, that's shirtless weather around here. So, I mean, I'll wear shorts until we get to about 33, 32. Mm. I started to be like, I need to cover up these sexy legs. So (laughs) (laughs) other people might think that it happens at warmer temperatures, but Hey, what do I know? Uh, we, uh, it's funny. I was going through some old pictures and found, um, some of my girls when they were a little bit smaller and it was clear from the picture, they had scraped up every bit of snow, you know, we're in the Carolinas, right? Every bit of snow that was in the entire yard to make uh, a little snowman that maybe, maybe was six, seven inches tall. Like it's just poor, sorry, little thing. <laughs> and it was, yeah, yeah, it was like every bit of snow that they could find. Ah, Yes. Enjoy your winter, Missourians. <laughs> oh, but none of that. Weather is not what we came to talk to uh, all the packs of F3 Nation about today. That's, that's not why we got here. Um, the, the reason we're here today and the, the topic we want to discuss today uh, that I will kind of open to the group is this. And we were discussing it a little bit um, in some, some messaging uh, and also a little bit before we started recording. But, you know, sometimes... And maybe it's more often than, than, uh, than others. Uh, but sometimes we find ourselves as leaders in a situation where um, maybe packs disagree with us, or maybe we disagree with one another. Maybe we disagree with one another. And one of the challenges that we have, I think, is how do we, and it's a challenge, you know, packs to packs too. It you know, don't have to be just in a leadership position, but as a leader in your home, in your community, in your life, how do we disagree without being disagreeable, particularly in public? And public has a, a number of definitions in our world today, right? So, you know, public could mean uh, at a workout, you know, that's, that's public. You know, there's a lot of packs around and people will see what I'm doing and see how I'm acting, right? Uh, but public could also mean in any of the various social media uh, forums, um, that, that may be out there. And, and an example I think of uh, for both of those, one, there was a, a guy, I'm not going to say his name, um, who was kind of half repping and kind of cheating a little bit and then was kind of bragging about it. And as a leader, I probably should have just, if I really had a problem with it, if it was really bothering me, I, I maybe should have handled it a certain way. But the way I decided to handle it, this was several years ago, but the way I decided to handle it was by screaming and yelling and and just being really just generally awful to this dude. And I feel really bad about it. And I tried to apologize for it later. I don't think he ever accepted my apology uh, because, I, well, candidly, uh, I think I drove a man out of F3 because he never really came back after that. And that was a tough, tough thing to, um, to learn. And I felt pretty bad. Now, he said, you know, later he ex- kind of accepted the apology and was like, no, I think my problem is really my ego is too much in it. And, you know, I'd left, let F3 kind of become a, an idol in my life and, you know, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, what you did, yeah, while not great, you know, kind of really pointed that up for me. And so I've, that's why I've decided to back out. And I say to myself, mm, maybe, maybe, but was there a more effective way that I could have disagreed with that man? Uh, and guys now still talk about it and it's not good. I mean, this is several years ago, but there are other packs who still talk about it. And I also think of, you know, after the New York times article came out and the, the Twitter storm that came, right. That's a public forum and people were disagreeing, uh, or being, you know, generally awful (laughs) or whatever they were being, you know, and how did we handle that? And what were the ways that we went about that slightly different, 
uh, forum and certainly a slightly different way of handling it. But, you know, as leaders, that's some, one of the things that we're, we're faced with is how do we disagree with each other, with others, uh, or just in general, um, particularly when it's in a public forum. And so has anyone else experienced that or is it just me? No, that, that's actually, I think one of the reasons this topic was key for me is that I'm having conversations right now um, with a couple people. And I think what I've been able to do right now is, is first of all, frame it that one of the things that I do is I just, I ask questions and partly it's this idea of I'm curious about it. The other thing I try to do generally is I figured out that generally speaking, one of the beliefs I hold, and I, I think Doa, you and I disagree on this, is that on Twitter, I'm not going to convince anybody. I'm going to get my point of view out, but I'm not going to convince anybody. I think for me, if I'm going to actually have a conversation with someone, it needs to be safe. And if I'm going to ask pointed questions or push the envelope or or really be curious in a, in, in a way that's persistent, then I need to do that more in a safer place, more one-on-one, because I want to be able to sometimes look you in the eye. And if not looking in the eye, then be able to text you privately um, so we can be vulnerable in a safe way. So I think that's something that I'm, I'm doing on a couple levels. Um, and it's actually right now pleasantly, um, working out, I think just being able to engage in guys. And I think for me, it's that idea of, um, of candor. We mentioned this earlier, but the idea of, of candor is gracefully telling someone the truth and demanding the same of them. And so I think for me, it's taken a long time to figure out what grace looks like, um, and, and going in with sort of an open heart um, and as a man, a, a, you know, that agape love kind of thing of where I can love you no matter what your political points of view are. But when we get together and work out, we're going to work on invigorating this this community and we're going to support each other and stand side by side. And on Twitter, we're going to disagree wholeheartedly. And that's OK. I still love you no matter what. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Go ahead, Beans. Uh, that curiosity is uh, huge, Bono. And uh, it makes me think of a COT that happened a few weeks ago where someone was talking about the pause button and not sure if you guys have heard about the pause button or not, but it's that split second that occurs between the stimulus and the response. So something happens to stimulate you and your response to it, you get a split second to hit that pause button to determine how you are going to react to that and your choice and how you determine to react to that can change the course of how that conversation goes thereafter. And the the message was work on your pause button because so, sometimes we just immediately react. And maybe that is, or maybe it's not the, the best response. But if you can hit that pause button for just a second and think about your reaction before you actually react, it can definitely help change the course of that conversation and most likely for the better. Yeah, I agree with you. It's the other thing I, I hear referred to a lot locally is be the thermostat, not the thermometer. Set the tone in the room. As a man, you command the room in a very virtuous way. And uh, it's very difficult because your pride, your vanity gets in the way of most interactions. Um, I always, the, when I hit the pause or I, I reach out for the thermostat, I always think, what are the consequences of this response? Um, does this topic demand a hard truth or is it just someone else's belief about a certain topic? If someone's gonna get hurt or somebody's gonna make a bad choice for them virtuously, or if it's going to be a 
um, a danger or it's going to dilute the packs. Those are the kinds of things that I tend to comment on with, with more direct candor. I found to your point, Doa, with a workout, somebody cutting corners, I'll always celebrate the guy who's going all the way down and all the way up for a Merkin. I'm like, boy, that guy, look at, look at the quality of the thing, that thing. Doesn't that inspire you? And then I'll come alongside a guy a little bit more privately and, and say, hey, dude, you can do better than that. You don't want to dilute the packs with your workout. If you dilute the, if you dilute the workout, what other decisions are you going to make during the day that are going to dilute you from being a good leader uh, in your household or in your community? So I always try and make the lineage of this little bad decision or this bad reaction. <laughs> That's going to just dilute you and everybody else the rest of the day, no matter how small it is. You know, I think, Jimo, you kind of hit there, you know, that you don't have to always be publicly correcting a guy. Candor, I don't, I correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not 100% on my definitions all the time, but I don't think candor says it must be done publicly. I think it says it must be done graciously. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think of all the times that I've said something that I was working it out as I said it. And I go, wait a minute, I just botched that. You know, I didn't even mean what I said. Uh, and so there's a space where we each have to give ourselves, give each other the space to work through new thoughts. Um, you know, I, yeah, we don't all have the time to sit down and wordsmith. And when we're at a workout, maybe we're not always, we start, we hear somebody say something and it catches our attention and we're like, oh, wait, I think this, and then you're done at the end. And then somebody goes, what'd you just say? And then they say back what you said, you go, wait, wait that's not what I meant. And so, you know, there's a, we need to have space where, we don't need to jump on each other right away. That being said, you know, there needs to be, there needs to be a space for good, honest disagreement because we don't all have to agree on things. There is no, no, nothing where we all have to agree on things. There's space to disagree. And so that we all need to feel the, and I think safety is the right word, the safety to voice an opinion and know that somebody's not just going to jump down our throat and beat us down and say, you can't believe that here. There needs to be that space where you can voice that opinion and have those good, honest conversations and you can grapple with difficult topics because it's through that grappling that we both are going to get closer to the truth. I'm probably a little bit right, a little bit wrong. You're a little bit right, a little bit wrong. And through that discussion, we're going to expose each other's faults and we'll come to something better towards the end. And I think sometimes in our society, we don't give space for that. We just don't give space to have those good, honest conversations and that we shake hands at the end and go, Hey, we both learned something here. No, we insist on shouting the other guy down until I'm right. Well, that's the example that, that is set for us by our alleged uh, leaders, right. In, in the world, a lot of times, right. That's kind of the, the way that we see it being um, celebrated uh, largely, you know, they got the attention. So they get the strokes, you know, the ego strokes of like, Ooh, well, look how smart and, and quick and witty, you know, so-and-so is because they shouted a guy down and made him feel like a real idiot for even, even showing up, you know, Gobbler, you, you mentioned something kind of that, that whole, like work it out in your head. And I'm an auditory processor, much to my wife's chagrin, uh, because <laughs> <'cause> sometimes <laughs> I, a lot of times I have to, I'm like, I'll call her and be like, Hey honey, can you sit in here for a minute and just let me talk out loud at you just so I can process this, you know? And, uh, and she's like, sure. And after a while it was like, uh, she was like, Hey, why don't you process this by writing it down? Um, but <laughs> no, she's, she still plays along a lot, but, um, 
but but sometimes, especially if I'm in the middle of a, a discussion with somebody, I I will oftentimes preempt it and say, "Hey, my brain is right racing, and I kind of I have a couple of thoughts here, and so don't you know don't hear this for for you know this is what I think. It's more of a uh, I'm just kind of processing this out loud. So I'm kind of brainstorming here. So go with me and then, and then correct me as I go kind of thing. So, you know, kind of getting ahead of it that way, but you know, Bob, you mentioned something too. And, and, and I know beans and Gmail, you got something to say here. So I'll, I'll shut up, but, um, you know, you said something about whether it's public or on Twitter or whether you can convince a guy or not convince a guy and things like that. And, and something that I think that you mentioned, uh, and I can't remember if it was before the call started or after, but um, is, you know, what's the nature of that relationship too? You know, is this a person that you actually know? Is this a person that you have a personal relationship, you know, like that, you know, each other pretty well, or is it just kind of like, you know, of each other, or is this a complete stranger? And does that, does that kind of play into how you handle the situation uh, uh, as well? Um, and I don't want to get too far down a, a path there because I know Beans and, and Jimmy, you had something looked like you were going to jump in with. But well, it, it ties along, I think, with other people are talking about. And, and for me, it's radical candor, you know, the Kim Scott concept and book and this whole idea of, of how do I care personally for the individual while also challenging them directly. And one of the things in the book that she talks about is sometimes I can show that I care personally, sometimes very quickly, sometimes just with a statement or two from to a stranger. And I can also challenge you directly. Um, and that I think is one of the key things. And so I, for me, what I would say is, is one of the key things is that if I know that no matter what I say, if I keep in mind that I care about you, that I love you is one of the things in F3, we try to get guys to say, right, that you're my brother and that no matter what, you're still going to be my brother in the gloom and we're still going to work together. I think that's a key thing to be able to, to number one, say the feedback because they need to hear it because I know it's the idea is, I don't want to make you feel good with the feedback, with the candor. What I want to do is make you be better, right? It's There's a purpose for it and not just to to make me feel good or make you feel good. It's 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 candor in, in the sense that it has to be truthful and honest. And also, I think that relationship is a, is a key piece, a key piece. Yeah, I'm just not sure that every topic requires candor either. Um, and every channel that you'd communicate through requires the same amount of type of response and tone. It's just so much can be missed. I personally am off any kind of social media. And uh, a lot of it is because it was feeding my pride or my vanity. And neither one of those are very good uh, for me. You know, I'd worry about what to post, then I post it and I'd worry about what the response was and it would be liked or, and then it was just this hour's you know, already 30 minutes today talking about stuff on social media. And it's like, I'm going to really pour more into my candor around guys that um, I'm proximate with and on topics that warrant uh, virtue or vice, um, better leadership. Politically, I think Beans, I've been in a couple of political conversations locally. Uh, That's one thing I think that's kind of special about St. Louis is we just stick to how's your family? How's work? Are you leading? Where are you serving? There's not a lot because otherwise you're being somewhat divisive um, and you're going to exclude somebody. So first is the relationship versus building trust. And then you can decide where candor is important in their life. Or is it just, let's have a good time working out and let's uh, clink uh, beer glasses over a cocktail. So 
I just want to add on to a little bit. Gordon, you talked about working it out with people and finally you referenced the care and love. And when I think of those two things together, uh, what it makes me think of is when you're in that kind of conversation, the difference between listening to respond and listening to understand. And a lot of times when we're in those conversations, especially if they're heated a little bit, you can be listening, preparing for your response and completely missing what they're already trying to say and not truly seeking to understand. And that was an issue I dealt with personally for a long time where I was just so ready to respond. Oh, I got this point, this point, this point. I'm coming right at you rather than truly trying to understand where their position was. And that care and love, the love piece, I, I heard an acronym for love that I really love. Uh, and it's basically let others voluntarily evolve. Um, I, I can love you for who you are and what you stand for and everything about you. Doesn't mean I have to agree with you or be in the same space or be in the same place with you. You can be exactly where you are and you can evolve at the pace that you wish to. And that's not going to affect me in my evolution and where I'm going in life. Um, and that definition of love allows me to, you know, seek to understand much better than just trying to respond. I think the idea for me with candor is that it's okay. And I'm supposed to like vigorously defend my position, my values, especially if it's a core value. And I think I have to be able to do that. And I think I, at the same time I can do that. I, I can vigorously defend my point of view while also loving the other person, right? I can challenge you directly and I can also care for others and they're not exclusive. I think the idea for me is it's a tension I have to manage. Sometimes I have to actually be quiet and choose to be curious and listen to what you say, right? To be curious and figure out what you're saying. And then there are times when I have to advocate very clearly for what I have to say and making sure that that's the case. So that way you're clear on, I'm not trying to be soft when I say love, I'm trying to make sure that I understand you. So I think your point there beings on listening to understand is just speaking my language, right? It's listening to understand is key because what matters is the only way I can truly get you is if I listen to understand. And actually in my mind, what that does is helps me clarify my own points of view and my own beliefs and really sort of figure out what I'm, what I'm believing because I'm curious and because I'm actually vigorously defending my own values and beliefs, especially, especially those core values and core beliefs that matter a lot. Yeah, no doubt. You said something beans that I, I, well, first of all, I, I kind of like that love acronym. Um, I never heard that before. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. That's, uh, that got me thinking a little bit um, in terms of like, let others and make sure I understood it. Let others voluntarily evolve. So essentially kind of what Bono was talking about and Gobbler was talking about as far as giving space and allowing for a place where somebody can, can be disagreed with or be, you know, challenged or whatever word, but it's not hostile. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really strong, but you know, it, the other thing that you said that, that got me, uh, thinking about, you know, so again, kind of hearkening back to this PAX that I've dressed down for really no good reason um, is, you know, you said something about ego and, um, and that, you know, when I looked back on it later, uh, that's a hundred percent what it was. I didn't care. I don't actually care how well he was doing his Merkins or that he was, um, you know, cheating reps or anything like that. I cared that he was just in my mind, right. In my little mind at that point that he was dishonestly ahead of me. 
that, that I was, that I was behind him, even though I knew I was doing the reps and I was, you know, whatever, right. Like somehow that I'm the integrity police or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't even know. Right. And, cool. you know, well, again, that was five, six, seven, whatever it was years ago, it was early, early in F3. Um, and, uh, and I've, I, I think I've evolved past that, but the, the, that mark has been made, you know, there are men who remember that. And, and I don't know if they've ever really, you know, I don't know if they view me any different, you know, even though I feel like I have evolved to your point. Go ahead, Gab. I was going to say, you know, we just came off of IPC and I think that, you know, there's a lot of like, Oh, he cheated. He, who cares? No, wait in iron packs. Yeah. I'm, no, you know, and I, I always, I always, it always baffled me when the people were like, Oh, I'm not going to do iron packs because people cheat. I'm like, that's it. It kind of harkens back to that. Um, that somebody once told me, if you allow a hypocrite to get between you and God, that means the hypocrite's closer. Um, it, it's kind of the kind of the same thing. Like if you let a hypocrite get between you and something good, well, well ge- ge- you know, geometry wise, you're farther away than they are. Like if something's good, it's good. If something should be done, it should be done on its own basis. And if someone else is not living up to what you think the standard is to that, who cares? Like, you know, and it kind of comes to that same thing when we come, when we start talking about having difficult conversations with men and, and as leaders, again, you know, we take this and say, okay, how do leaders disagree in uh, and not bring dishonor to the organization is kind of what we're looking at. You know, how do you do that? And you have to, you have to figure out a way to disagree with your, with each other and, and do it, polite, uh, call it politely, call it, but in a way that doesn't hurt the organization. And so, you know, if I have a disagreement with one of you, I'm not going to air it out on Twitter. I'm going to call you up, right? It's just, there's just no point to it. I have a, a, what, what, what do we have to be gained unless we're doing it on purpose as a planned event, you know, to, to have a disagreement publicly? Let's have it privately, right? Uh, yeah. Likewise, now, that doesn't mean, though, the conversation could not be, you know, worthwhile for the packs to learn something from if they watch it. You know, it's okay to disagree publicly, but it's the manner in how you do it. You know, I, and I know most of you, I, I hate passive aggressive speech. If you've got a problem with me, just say it. If you think I'm doing something wrong, you know, 1-800-CALL-GOBBLER. I'll pick up the phone. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I really you know, wish that was a number. <laughs> I, I kind of hope it is. I don't think it is, but I kind of hope it. You know, um, but I think that, you know, when you look at ways not to disagree with people, not to engage people, you know, as men, none of us enjoy passive aggressive behaviors. None of us enjoy what I call sucker punches, you know, those verbal, like you, you feel like you've been engaged, but you haven't really been engaged in arguments. So you don't really know how to respond. Like if you got a problem with a guy, you don't like what a guy said on Twitter. Just call, say it. Hey, man, I disagree with you. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And I, I don't and think anyone's going to shy away from that. I'd say generally not. And I, and I agree with that. And, and it's tough sometimes because, you know, maybe that guy doesn't know exactly how to ask that question directly because he's afraid of, you know, uh, especially again, I, I'm not, and we're not referring to anything specific, but like, let's pretend that this is a guy who saw me act like a total jerk, you know, several years ago and knows my propensity to explode, you know, or whatever it is. Right. And so he says to himself, uh, I don't know if I want to engage him directly, like maybe, and I look, so we have to allow for mistakes and we have to allow for, for grace, 
we have to allow, like, I mean, beans, you really had it. Like we have to admit that the other guy may have evolved and there may be a difference. And, and regardless of how he may or may not act that that doesn't necessarily need to drive our uh, specific behavior. Right. So full transparency, full, excuse me, full transparency. Um, I bristled with the word volunteer, right? Let others voluntarily evolve. I think for me, candor <laughs> is where they're volunteering and they're not getting anywhere or they're making maybe bad choices. And so at some point, maybe uh, yeah. man needs to See, that's them or spur them into uh, evolving in a different direction. So the yeah. word voluntarily uh, from an F3 and candor, um, I don't know, a bristle a little bit. I, again, we got to decide on what the right topic is and where virtue is being jeopardized. Yeah, that's interesting. I, 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 if I'm hearing you correctly, I, I feel like maybe the way that you're hearing the word volunteer or voluntarily is yeah. that it's sort of more of a passive kind yeah. of thing like, well, he'll figure it out or he won't. And I was thinking it's more of, it's less that than it really? is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, when I heard Bean say that, I thought, you know, it's less about that. And it, because I, I think, you know, letting him voluntarily evolve would be me coming alongside him, persuading, and then allowing uh -huh. him the time and the place to do that Take rather that than me shouting him down yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to beat him into evolving when he's not ready or doesn't have any yeah. interest in that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also about not forcing your stance or your opinion on somebody else. So, um, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, and what else would my opinion be for if not the force on another man? <laughs> we'll have a we'll have an offline comment with that. Force it on your wife. See how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also what Gobbler was talking about: is that you're not going to make anybody do anything that they really don't want to. Um, and that's at the heart of it is that when people change, it's the pain of their existing circumstances wind up surpassing the pain of that change. And you can encourage, you can support, you can love on, um, but it's ultimately them voluntarily making that decision to make whatever change or move in whatever direction that they need to, to move in. Um, and giving them in, in that loving manner can only help in that regard because the moment that you start shifting and beating them over the head, that naturally has the tendency to want to people put up their dukes and back away and start retreating in the other direction that maybe you were trying to get them to go into. Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. So, it's really good to kind of step back and just ask yourself, why is this important to me? How is it going to help or hurt? And uh, is now the right time? And are they on their own journey? And is it okay? You know, is it pride or vanity? Those are the two things I tend to fall back on. So it's a good point. And as much as I would like to pretend like I don't have a lot of pride or vanity, mm, mm, it's not good. Go ahead, Gob. Well, I was going to say, you know, using the example of a guy who's, you know, not doing his burpees correctly. I mean, is it the first time he came out? Probably not the time to, you know, battle axe, you know, saying he's doing burpees wrong. Now, let's say I've been working out with the guy for two years. We've done several things together, and I know that he can do burpees, and he's just not doing it that day. Well, you know, it may be the public dynamic shame goatee might be the appropriate term because I've been working – because I developed that relationship. 
you know, hey, dude, what, what's going on? You've done burpees right for a thousand times. What, what gives today? And maybe now you have the opportunity to find out, hey, something's going on in his life. Yeah. What are the hard truth topics to have candor on beyond exercises and because uh, i'm not even sure those qualify but yeah go. no they don't i don't think they do i'm just I mean, well, to some degree i think no, are hard truth yeah i'll say to some degree they, they could if a guy is cheating himself like really he's you know he says oh i've been working out so much and i just can't lose weight and you're like and every time you're like bro all you do is walk and you know like yeah. you know, what so are, what there are, are times people? I, I think anything. The, no, the question is, what are the topics? What I think topics? anything in yeah. the first quad in the get right quadrant yeah. is on the table, depending upon the man and they say the relationship. Yeah. If it's in the get right quadrant, um, it's on the table because we, by virtue of committing to F3, we have kind of said, these are the things that we believe we need to do. And thus we have voluntarily said, hold me accountable to that. You know, so if I am not being a good husband and father, I would, and, and someone here says, I think I can see it. We need to talk. I shouldn't shy away from that conversation. It doesn't mean everything's right, but I shouldn't shy away from that conversation because we've submitted each other to that if you're showing up to the workouts. So that's why, you know, to me, anything there is, is game. But I think for me that that whole get right quadrant definitely appeals because those are the things we're talking about even in grow school and, you know, with, with, uh, grow ruck, we talk about this whole idea of, of the fitness fellowship and faith as one relationship, the King, the queen, the gestures, another, the concentric is another. So those are our relationships that we have to be right with because otherwise we can't be leaders. And if our mission is to invigorate leaders, the first thing we have to do is make sure that we constantly are accelerating to get right when it comes to leadership. So today, this morning, actually, it was sort of for fun, but one of my good buddies was talking about, um, about weight and we were talking about doing pull-ups and uh and i was like so what are you weighing now and he's 205 and i'm like you got a 30 pound plate on me because i'm 175 and giving a heart and, and it was one of those things it was it was sort of for fun but it was point blank and he's like yeah i was i was running and i couldn't could really lose weight even though I'm, I'm running and training i'm like well it's what you put in your mouth that's more important. Right. And so I was talking about eating and of course in F3, you make crude jokes about it, but it was one of those things where we used a little bit of humor in a sense, but part of it was this whole idea of, all right, so how do we use a little, little bit of a uh, truth to it as well? What, you, what you're eating matters. And if you're trying to lose weight and that's one of the relationships you're responsible for, can we use candor of yeah. look like you put on some weight? Well, I mean, that, way. that dynamic shame goading is an effective tool, can be an effective tool yeah. if the right guy and apply it in the right way. Uh, in fact, I was just telling my, my wife uh, this over the weekend. I was like, you know, many of the the improvements that I've made in my life over the last, you know, call it six, five, six years uh, have been because Dread has uh, mercilessly mocked them out of me. You know, he, he's just made fun of me until I gave up, you know. <laughs> I, I think about the whole squat thing. We were talking about someone, you know, doing squats and exercises. And I'm thinking about one of the things for me is just if someone's not doing a full squat, I just make some joke about twerking and, you know, <laughs> make some obscene motion, right, about getting down. And it's a matter of it's amazing how no one wants to be accused of twerking like a teenage girl. So no matter we start going down and that that's one of those things that that tends to work in a fun way. Right. I think yeah. part of it, like you said, is I'm not trying to pick on, on one individual and 
and beat them down and be merciless with them. It's a matter of just having fun and saying, you look like my daughter right now. You better stop it because she doesn't do that. And neither are you. See, and I would probably throw that back and go, why is your daughter twerking? But that's neither here nor there. I, I'm going to beat her too. It's the whole thing. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to beat uh, her too. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. So what are some other topics? What are some other topics that are like absolutely let me ask, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there because this is one that we get twisted up out. And I see division amongst men, uh, you know, in the ranks a lot of times is, are there political and or moral topics that require candor or do they simply require disagree? And you can disagree warmly, I suppose. Um, but, uh, is it a hard truth that a man needs to hear that he is wrong about a thing? on some of those kinds of things like that are more of the, I, I mean, I keep saying political because I, but because most things have been politicized, but um, you know, is it okay to tell a man, Hey man, I think you might be wrong on this and here's why, or do you just sort of let that go? You start but, with, here's what I believe. Here's where my truth comes from. And instead of saying he's wrong, just this is what I believe to be true. You don't have to go into it so divisively into you're wrong. Um, he can figure that out maybe by the way you share what you believe and why you believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the more sensitive, I guess, the topic, more likely the deeper the relationship needs to be in order to truly go there. Um, you know, working out in the packs, those we, we all went there as examples because it's easy. Those are easy examples to point out and they're less controversial and you know, when you're out in the gloom doing the exercises, it's easy to kind of call just in general or someone out. But the more sensitive you get with some of these topics, the the deeper the relationship really needs to be in order to, to fully address it head on. Because without that relationship, you may not know what's going on in that individual's life. The whole, you know, story of the person that cuts you off and you get mad at them, but you didn't realize they just got a phone call saying that their child's being rushed to the hospital and that's why they cut you off and driving so fast, right? You don't know what's going on in people's lives unless you have that deep relationship with them to kind of understand that. So on some of the more sensitive topics, you you probably should have that understanding before you go all in. You know, it, it, it brings me to think about... Um, we all know about our 16th president, you know, Abraham Lincoln. And, you know, we always talk about his time as president, but we don't think we don't think about what he did before when he was a country lawyer in Illinois. And one of the things he would do is the lawyers there would ride a, a circuit and they'd go to the small towns, they'd hear the cases and they would move on. And so the, the lawyers went together along with the judge all together. They'd all stay in the same house. They'd all they'd try the cases during the day. And then at night they would hang around the fire, you know, after they would eat and they would talk and, you know, you, you run out of discussion points after a while. So if you do this for months on end, you get to know each other very, very well. And you're going to talk about all sorts of issues. And we've lost that in society where we as men have these long periods of time where we just talk and we communicate. And I had that experience when I was deployed overseas, I sat two feet away from my driver for a year and my gunner up here, you know, where you all can't see literally like two feet above me, you know, and you get, you get to know each other really well when you're stuck inside of a vehicle for 12, 15, sometimes six days at a time, 
doing things that I dare I will not go into right now. But you get really close and you get that those bonds that people they don't build outside. And we've lost that in our society where we build those bonds where you can talk about anything and you can say things you would never say to people you don't know. Uh, and and I think we've lost something to that. We're not able to go and have these discussions that that men used to have because they were stuck together, working together for months on end. And you get tired of talking about the weather and tired of talking about whatever. So you you start moving on to those topics that were quote unquote third rails because you got nothing else to talk about. And you well, you're not going anywhere, so you talk about them. Yeah, well, I was saying also you over time you start to feel more comfortable with that guy, and you you know how you can discuss it or or whatever. Uh, so that it's not you know, necessarily taboo, right? Because you you know this guy and you trust him and, and all those kinds of things. So, um, man, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, and I, I would dare say that any man who has served in a leadership position for any period of time is going to experience someone coming at them uh, and disagreeing with them. And I mean, I can't tell you that. <laughs> I get, I don't know. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened in a little while uh, at this frequency, but for a little while there, it was probably, I don't know, two, three times a week, I would get some direct message or other saying, you know, text or uh, Twitter DM or something like that saying like, you're a terrible leader. You're getting emails saying like, you know, the decisions you're making are awful. You know, you're doing everything wrong, you know, blah, da, 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 da. And, you know, do I, do I agree with that guy? Uh, sometimes, you know, like, <laughs> sometimes maybe I am doing everything right. I don't know, right? But, uh, you know, obviously I don't agree, but I don't have to go and, and, and attack that man. And usually they were private. Sometimes they were public, you know, and, and certain kinds of things I can easily look and say, especially now, you know, again, to, to Beans's point, evolving over time, you know, I can handle those, those things much, much better because I recognize that it's not necessarily about me. You know, and even if it is like, I'm pretty comfortable with where I'm at and, and I don't feel the same need to prove myself like I did maybe, you know, several years ago when I was a little younger, a little less um, experienced, maybe a little less, uh, you know, <laughs> beaten down and whatever. I don't know if that's not the right word, but the weathered maybe is the right way um, uh, experienced. Right. But um, the, the, the idea that we're, we're kind of we can handle certain kinds of things in certain situations, right. Um, according to how they come to us, but how do we, you know, so if a guy comes at you, then, and I think that number one, you have to recognize that your ego has to play third, you know, like that's when we talk about living third, I really think that's what it means is that we put all the, the needs and the, and the desires, even those ego desires and stuff uh, way down on the list. Um, or else we're going to get ourselves uh, probably in a little bit of trouble. The, the only thing I'd say is um, the next time you want to tell a guy he's wrong, don't tell him he's wrong. Tell him why your point of view is important to you. Speak about why it's important to you instead of focusing yeah. on why he's wrong. And he'll probably take it better. Yeah. And uh, you'll probably and, and you'll probably stay calmer. You'll probably stay calmer. And maybe you'll find out why you're not right when you say it that way, when you start delving into yourself. Yeah. No, I, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. You know, it's, uh, it's complicated. It's complicated. There's no, that's what I, I love and hate about leadership is there's no right answer. Or there's no one right answer. You know, there's no one wrong answer. There's just a lot of different ways to try and navigate the same, you know, the same path to try and get to the same place, but it's not easy. And that's uh, I guess that's why we need leaders, isn't it? All right.
Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there, 43 feet at a time.